Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show where you'll never hear the host say, dude, hurry up and pass the pipe, man. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from uh, my recording studio built here at my home office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, in fall weather, finally. Fall weather, finally. All right, on uh, this week's show, uh, a trip report uh, for you. My opinion of the uh, Sutliff, uh, the Sutliff Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers event this past weekend, and uh, we'll, I'll get that. And then, instead of guests, well, what I did was I recorded some of the attendees. So we're going to get that. Uh, this is just part one of that. So <laughs> lots of... Uh, Lots of interesting stuff, lots of comments, and uh, and it was just fun. It was it was a lot of fun for me to sit down and record. Um, it did kind of crimp my uh, pipe show routine, so that's fine. You know, made it, that's fine. I I didn't get to walk around as much and look at pipes, which is okay because <laughs> you know I'll have plenty of time coming up at the uh, West Coast Pipe Show. All right. Uh, reminder: You must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to watch, in order to listen to this fine show. Um, if you get a chance, please go to iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. And or review, we would greatly appreciate that. Or what's it called now? Apple Podcast. So yeah, go do that if you get a chance. If you haven't done one in five six years, please go back and do another one because sometimes they drop off if you haven't been there for a while. Uh, Coming up this weekend, the Texas Pipe Show. You can go to PipesMagazine.com, the newly remodeled, refurbished, refreshed PipesMagazine.com, and click on Pipe Shows, and there will be a link right there that will talk to you about the Texas Pipe Show in Dallas this weekend. And then coming up November 2nd and 3rd, the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's also there. Links are there, and I will be there. I'm not going to be recording. Uh, not going to be recording too much there because I'm not bringing all the equipment. Maybe I'll bring the little microphone and walk around and talk to you people. So, anyway, hope to see a lot of you at the uh, West Coast Pipe Show. Uh, if you're at the West Coast Pipe Show and you come up to me and tell me I love the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Well, I'll have a special little gift for you. In fact, it's the best little gift you'll get, well, for free. Anyway, maybe. Don't know. All right. Let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. are back all right so uh, let, let's recap a little bit um first of all last week i was gone i was at uh, walt disney world for the final performance of illuminations reflections of earth the nighttime uh, uh the nighttime fireworks show at epcot uh had its last performance on september 30th and then on, on october 1st they premiered a brand new show called epcot forever which is funny because it's only temporary. <laughs> it's only going to be around maybe six months to a year. Anyway, um, it features the music and you know, classic music from Epcot. So uh, a lot of songs and stuff that I enjoyed hearing. Uh, some kites that are pulled by jet skis and kites that have fireworks on them and light up. So those were really cool. Uh, we stayed at the cabins at Fort Wilderness, and for those of you that enjoy a pipe in the morning and a pipe in the evening or want a safe place to get away to, 
I can highly suggest the cabins at Fort Wilderness. If you're going to Walt Disney World, you know the routine. Get a hold of me first before you do that. Uh, same thing with a cruise. So uh, all I can say is I had a pipe in the morning with my coffee and a pipe every evening when we got back to the cabin and even yeah, one in the middle of the day. So, uh, yeah, you still can't smoke inside the parks, but I got ways to, you know, help you around that a little bit. All right, enough of the Disney stuff. So my day started, or my uh, weekend started with a drive down, uh, drive up to Richmond on Friday afternoon. And uh, all I can remember, <laughs> the only thing from the drive is that, yeah, I just commented to myself on how dry everything was around here. Uh, the weather had been really hot, so I was kind of concerned, but I saw that the weather for Saturday was going to cool down. Uh, so I got to got to Richmond Friday afternoon, had uh, dinner with Kevin and Lori, and then after that went over to Legends Brewing in, uh, in Richmond, where a lot of the core guys and a lot of the pipe show guys were meeting beforehand, and you'll hear some of that in, uh, in some of the interviews. Uh, by the time I got there at... Uh, probably nine o'clock, there was 50, 55 people all sitting outside, smoking pipes, drinking beer, water, whatever, and having a good old time. Uh, you know, I wish I was there a little bit longer cause I would have gotten a chance to say hi to many different people, but yeah, it was just, a. <laughs> It, the the patio there was jam-packed and it was a lot of fun to visit with everybody that was there uh kind of reminded me of the uh friday and saturday nights at the columbus show where you know 50 60 people sitting outside all smoking and drinking and you just kind of join in on whatever conversation all right the next day saturday morning came bright and early and uh setup was at nine show opened at 10 or setup was at eight show opened at nine i don't remember i was there at about five after nine or you know by the time i got into the by the time i figured out where my table was and got in the room well there you go uh setup wise so their loading dock and shipping and receiving was where i was with i'm gonna say 15 or 20 vendors and the Sutliff table and the check-in table for uh, uh, for the uh, uh, for the factory tours, and then outside in the parking lot they had put up tents that are the about the same size as what Chicago does, uh, and in those tents was another thirty or forty different vendor tables as well as room just to sit and smoke and enjoy as well as room for the uh for the blending seminars and you know, so everybody had plenty of space uh they had fans there ready to go if it got hot they had heaters there ready to go if it got cold they had flaps on the tents ready to come down if the weather got if the weather started getting nasty or anything but all i can say is the weather was perfect all day long uh now right next to my table was again the check-in for the um uh, for the factory tours and the factory tours started i believe the first one was at 10 o'clock and they ran until about 3 or 3 30. it was an hour-long tour and you had to reserve an, uh, an assigned spot because i think they were limiting it to about 30 people per tour but between 10 and 3, there was a tour going every 30 minutes, and the tours were pretty much packed. I mean, there were some that had a little extra space in there, or a little extra room in there. But again, so we're talking 300 to 400 people that went on the tour of the factory while the factory was up and running because well, a lot of the people, that, everybody that works there was there doing their jobs. Uh, for me personally, it was a lot of fun to walk around and say hi to a lot of the folks from Sutliff that I hadn't seen in, at this point, a little bit over two and a half years. Yeah, I've been to the been to the trade show and the pipe shows where you see some of the salespeople, but now I got to see some of the people at work in the factory and visit with them. I uh, got to see some of the stuff that they've cleaned up and remodeled and redone since I was last there. So they're uh, constantly working on that place. Um, sales wise, it sounds like, uh, the tables were fairly brisk. Uh, I do know that Sutliff did sell a lot of those, uh, $20 tins of McClellan 5100. And I believe they still have, they were limiting everybody to buying five only. 
they still have enough that they're going to take some to the Chicago Pipe Show. So if you're going to Chicago and you want those, and you want a ten or five of the of the McClellan fifty one hundred, uh, my suggestion is head to the Sutliff Tobacco Table first thing on Saturday morning, and you'll be able to buy your five because they are bringing some to Chicago. And again, they were kind enough to do all the uh, the proceeds all going to the JDRF. Um, of note, I did get to spend some time uh, chatting with uh, with my friend Dan Locklear. Uh, got to uh, sit down and chat a little bit with uh, Rondi, and uh, you'll hear some of the folks that I got to record. I did find a few folks that were a little uh, microphone shy and didn't want to be recorded. Uh, didn't get again. Didn't get a real good chance to really walk around the tables. And then the night ended when the Sutliff brought in a musician and they had a keg and there was a food truck. So I bought a couple sandwiches and had a beer or two and just hung out and sat down with a good group of guys and spent yeah maybe an hour and a half just sitting and smoking. And then nine o'clock and they had to clear everybody out. So 9.15, 9.30, back in the hotel and off to bed I went for the night. Uh, and then the next morning got up and packed and then had breakfast with, uh, Per Jensen and he was going North and I was going South and got back home on Sunday at about five, five thirty. Uh, and that was, uh, that was the Sutliff tobacco, uh, conclave of Richmond pipe smokers show. I, uh, really look forward to it next year and hope they do it the same way. They couldn't have done it any better. They couldn't have had any better people working there. The The club guys that were volunteering were all in good mood, and the staff was there. And I think for some of these uh, factory staff members, it's always fun for them to see people that, you know, they work in this factory five days a week, and they never see anybody or see anybody that uses their product. Well, now they got a chance to see people that not only use their product but are enthusiastic about it so the factory folks you know always always in a uh, uh always happy to see people that enjoy what they do all right in uh, just a moment we'll start with some of the recorded interviews from the from the event this is internet radio being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years We've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. <laughs> And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. So here's what happened. I had a desk set up, or I had a table set up with my uh, mixer and two microphones. And I just had people come and sit down at the other chair and ask them questions and talk to them. Uh, the first one that you're going to hear is uh, Kevin Dinkins, who works at Sutliff. And yeah, you'll hear that I wasn't quite figured, hadn't quite figured everything out at that point. But uh, you'll hear that one. Then you'll hear another one, just back to back. I'm not going to get in the middle and interrupt it. And then we'll uh, go to the next commercial break. And then we'll come back again. So here's the first two interviews from the Sutliff uh, Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers event. I am uh, sitting here in the morning at the uh, Sutliff Tobacco Factory for the Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers show. And to start it off, Kevin Dinkins is sitting down and helping me uh, test fire everything. Kevin, tell everybody what you do for the company and uh, how long have you been here? I've been here four years now and as for what I do is jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. Um, so, no, what exactly do you do? 
Well, I do all the shipping, receiving, logistics for everything that moves here in the United States and around the world. I do sales, I do trade shows, production, you name it. So Sutliff being a U.S.-based company, I know there there's other countries that you that you ship to and sell finished product to. You want to want to let us in on some of them? Well, mostly in Asia is where a lot of them go. So there's several countries in Asia, and we actually have done some in Europe now to Italy and France. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the entire world is getting some tobacco from this uh, wonderful little factory. Um, how long did it take to set up all this? Because I'm looking out, we've got we've got a room full of people here, and the check-in desk for the tours and everything, and then even outside in the parking lot, there's tables. Yes, we've been working, setting everything up for the last week, so it's taken <laughs> literally about six days to get this thing set up. <laughs> it, it, and has the factory been running the whole time? Yes. And yes, we're running, shipping, and everything the whole time. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> For those that don't know, with a trade show and something like that, how much, I mean, how many weeks of preparation go into just doing like a three or four day show that when I last saw you in Vegas? Uh, the especially the Vegas ones will normally take about three months of prep, so it's it's a big ordeal. There you go. Um, you want to let us in on about how many packages or how many shipments go out of here on an average day? Because right now where we're sitting is actually in the, I guess, the the staging area for all the outgoing stuff. Yes, this is the in and outgoing. This is the shipping and receiving department here. Uh, normally we run, we try and get out about 200 packages a day, UPS, and then we have several LTL larger shipments going out motor freight. And those are the big boys that makes everybody happy when they go out. Those are the big numbers. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kevin, thanks for sitting down with us. Get to work. No problem. Thank you. Tell us your name and tell us where are you from. I'm Robert Bailey, and I'm from Charlottesville, Virginia. And, Robert, this is your second year here at the, yes, sir. At the, at the core Sutliff-related uh -huh. event? Yep. First year was last year. Yeah, so, so last year's show was held at a, the show itself was at a Moose Lodge, but then the day before they had the tours, and that's when you went on your tour, right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Going back a year, what do you remember, what was surprising to you on the, on the tour of the factory? I think um, all the uh, interesting for me was what they cased the tobacco with to make it actually stand out and give the flavors that we know as tobacco. Like so, the licorice toppings and stuff like that. It just really interested me. So they showed you the flavoring the, the flavoring <laughs> agents, but wouldn't tell you the formulas, exactly. would they? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did you, I mean, did you go all the way into the back and see the, and see all the cutters? All the, the cutters and then uh, the raw leaf itself come in, the steam tanks. All that was really cool to see. The machinery that slices it, the presses was what really fascinated me. Uh, just amazing how you can take a brick or leaf and form it into a brick. <laughs> <laughs> and then almost hurt somebody with yeah, it. Yeah, you could probably kill somebody with <laughs> it. <laughs> how long have you been smoking a pipe? I've been smoking a pipe um, since I've been in the military, which was about 18. So I'm 38 now, so about 20 year, 28 years. Is, is pipe smoking something that you do every day, or is it just it's a... more you know, a hobby on off. Um, I do try to smoke a bowl a day if I can, if the wife allows me. <laughs> Does she let you smoke inside? Not inside. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm confined to the cat room outside. <laughs> well, sometimes it's nice to get away from people. <laughs> yeah. Um, walking around, did you get getting a chance to walk around the show today? Did you find any any favorite new finds or anything that you had to? I'm eyeing a couple things. I did pick up some more Sutliff tobacco, their new crumble cake line, which has been really wonderful. Um, I'm looking at a Heinsberg pipe at the moment. <laughs> it keeps calling my name and it, my my neighbor Jim, who I hardly ever see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we will uh, we'll do this for you. You'll get the fast five final questions, and of course, there's no right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Sure. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe at the moment. I've been smoking these Lolo uh, Savinelli's. They've been real fun. Nice small little pipe. And those are little tiny pocket pipes that. Probably smoke for what, 25, 30 minutes? 25, then, 30 minutes, and they smoke just like a normal big pipe. Yeah, yeah, and they're really comfortable. Um, what's your What's your current favorite tobacco? My current favorite tobacco, that's a tough one. Uh, I've been smoking a lot of Presbyterian. Uh, that's been really nice, but I would say my all-time favorite is uh, Galwith 
Bob's chocolate float. <laughs> the tobacco that I didn't learn how to smoke correctly. Um, what's your favorite drink? Um, a good bourbon is always nice. Well, or scotch if I can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, bourbon works better for me. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Um, I tend to like uh, music and smoking the pipe, just chilling out. And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Um, so far, my favorite memories have been being at these shows. They bring everybody together, and it's been just a wonderful time meeting friends through Facebook and lifelong friends. Uh, about how many how many pipe shows have you been to now? This is my second one. I have not okay. been anywhere else, but I do see Chicago in the future. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll, it'll be an eye-opener. Thank you for your service. Thanks for sitting down with me and uh, taking time out of your pipe show. Thank you, Brian. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. back on the pipes magazine radio show two down here comes uh three more attendees just back to back all right let's start off with tell us your name and where are you from sure um ed darty i'm from uh, prospect hill north carolina and a member of the uh the taps club in raleigh so i'm up here with those guys and this is not your first time here. You were here last year, right? Correct. Yeah, I came up last year for the show, had a great time, and, and, uh, and toured the factory last year. What was your, what, what's your impression of the factory? Um, I was, it was first factory tour I've taken, and uh, I, was, I was pretty impressed. And just uh, number one by the, how welcoming that everybody that worked here was. I mean, uh, it almost felt like family. The people really came together. You weren't in anybody's way. They... Anybody who asked a question answered it, and uh, it was just really neat to see the process and the processing and how they move things around within the factory. Had you ever seen inside a pipe tobacco factory before? That was the first time. Yeah, and, and and this one this one hasn't been remodeled much since it was built in 1950. <laughs> no, so. that's for sure. I, I work in uh, in the industrial business, uh, um, and so I see I see a lot of uh, manufactured equipment, and some of their stuff you could tell has been around for a long, <laughs> long time. Yeah, and I guess at the end of the tour, they also probably showed you the. Uh, the, the 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 bed cutter that was they made did. of the brass rails. <laughs> yeah, and they from did. 1880 something. They did. Lots of old cast iron. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of heavy brass. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah, uh, the machines may not be valuable except for the weight of the materials. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you decided to come back up again. What do you think of the show here? Considering this year it's here at the factory and not at a second location. Um, dude. Different, um, diff a little different atmosphere, but still uh, the people are great. They've been real welcoming, and um, we've actually got a, a, a table with our club this year, so that's, that was the main motivation to come back, but uh, enjoying it. Have you seen anything at the show that you're that's just making you drool or you can't live without? Uh, not yet. I did pick up a, a couple pipes from from uh, Scott's Pipes, and he had some really nice stuff at a great price, and uh, he was really really good to talk to. Any uh, any tobaccos jumping out at you? Or? Um, I haven't had a had a chance yet. I, I grabbed a couple uh, couple tins of the uh, Virginia crumble cake from Kathleen and a couple cup of Joes and <laughs> taking those home. I, I got a couple more things on the list. And I did grab some of that fifty one hundred, of course. And of course, the Raleigh show is usually what the first weekend, second weekend in April. Uh, uh, first weekend, April fourth, Saturday, April fourth this year. Yep, just got our date. 
Yeah, and for some reason, it always it, it's hit or miss with me whether or not I'm got something else going on that weekend. But I'm I'm batting like 500 for getting <laughs> well, to the show. Well, good. Hopefully, you can make it this year. All right, and we'll get your fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Awesome. Are you ready? Shoot. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe is um, I have a. Um, um, uh, uh, um, let's see. I think about that. Uh, Castell fit in a fifty-five, and that's kind of like the Hawkbill. Yeah, the Hawkbill yeah. pot. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's your current favorite tobacco? Currently, I've been smoking the hell out of uh, Solani Silver, which used to, okay, uh, yeah, Virginia Flake with a lot of dark fire. It's really nice. Kind of hard to get a hold of now, isn't it, it? It is. It definitely is. When I when I see it, I've been buying. I I tried it at the. Um, um, Oh, where did, where did I sample? Oh, I, try, I sampled it at the tap show last year and uh, had to find more. May have to ask Steve Monjour what's going on with that. He had a few tins earlier. It might not be there now, but he had a few <laughs> tins earlier. Yeah, that's, that's one advice for a pipe show is that you want to get here early. Yes. Oftentimes the uh, uh, the best pickings are the first pickings. No, no doubt. Uh, what's your favorite drink? My favorite drink, uh, a whiskey on the rocks of some sort. Usually an Irish whiskey. Okay, good. All right. The Peterson guys will like that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, most often a movie. And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that you want to share? Um, probably just, it's a broad one, just but uh, getting involved with, uh, with our local club in, in Raleigh. I, I missed a meeting last year, and they uh, put me in charge, uh, made me president of the club and, <laughs> and chairman of this year's show. So uh, if you've got a local club, get involved. Uh, just don't miss a meeting. <laughs> don't miss a meeting, or yeah. they'll put you in charge of the whole thing. Uh, and huh? That's what happens. <laughs> Ed, thanks for sitting down with us, and thanks for doing what you're doing with the Raleigh Club. Thank you, Brian. All right. Tell us your name and tell us where you are from, because I know all this, but go ahead. Well, I'm Andre Tessier, and I'm the founder and president of the Long Island Pipe and Tobacco Society. And Long Island competing with the Brooklyn Pipe Society and the New York Pipe Society, but that's only because... I I wouldn't really say competing, because I love Shuley, but Brooklyn is really, even though they don't like admitting it, part of Long Island. I mean, if you ask him, in the Revolutionary War, it was the Battle of Brooklyn, but they only started calling it that, really, when Brooklyn became the hip and cool place. In fact, I was at the first meeting of the Brooklyn Pipe Society, and I love Shuley, like I said, and I love all the members of the Brooklyn Pipe Society, but I go, you know, we're complain- they're complaining about New York and what's changed and this and that, and I go, uh, just a show of hands. Who here is actually born in New York? And two people <laughs> raised their hand. Myself and, you know, Rabbi Ira Stone, Shuley's father, who's also born in, uh, in New York. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, you bunch of freaking hipsters. <laughs> so the hipsters have chased the Russian mafia out of Brooklyn. Well, you know, Russian mafia out of Brooklyn, I wouldn't say it was the hipsters, but, you know, all uh, immigrant societies move to the inner city and then they get older and they move out of the city. And, you know, when a hipster moves into the neighborhood, that's what you want to do anyway. <laughs> so, you know, they, they moved out to the suburbs and uh, the hipsters moved in. So tell me your thoughts and impressions of going on the tour here at Sutliff. Well, the tour, we got really lucky. Jeremy, the president here at Sutliff, and, you know, just before I even mention the tour, Sutliff and the uh, Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers really did one heck of a job here uh, putting together the show. Uh, it is a unique show. You know, I, I haven't been to a lot of shows, you know. Uh, however, this is unique in as much as, you know, the tour that we are about to talk about is wonderful and you're not going to get that at any other show no and yeah the blending you know class that they did and i did that this morning and you know you have you know three wonderful teachers and 
you know, they go over all the blends, and then you go and you make your own. And, you know, sure, other places might do the blending and stuff, but who here, you know, what other places give you a tin and then, you know, seal it up, vacuum seal it up? You know, that, yeah. that's going to be fun in, in about six months when I open it up, you know, and share it with my father, you know. It'll you'll find out time. how bad it is. But oh, no, it's going to be wretched. It. I made it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any, uh, no. I, I'm very conscious and aware that I'm not known as a blender. Yeah, I'm a blender of facts and, you know, fiction, but not so much tobacco. I'm a blender of manure. Um so what was you know going back to the uh, yes, talking the, about the blending seminar though was there something in there that kind of clicked for you something that stood out as wow or, you know, a deja vu moment well uh talking about you know some questions were made about you know uh pressure applying pressure and whatnot and i finally got a question you know that i'd been wondering about because i got into uh the cooking uh method sous vide which is, you know, uh, vacuum sealing food and putting it into a warm bath with a cyclone pump. And I kind of want to do that with some uh, blending tobaccos. I want to see what will happen if I take some, you know, mature red Virginia and, you know, do a little blend with it, vacuum seal it, and then stick it in, you know, a sous vide at, you know, like 200, 250 degrees for 24 hours just to see, you know, what, how that ages it. You know, I'm almost yeah. tempted to try it with this, uh, you know, the sale that they did, you know, the, the 5100 that they had on sale here, which, you know, was for a charity, which uh, yeah. the juvenile diabetes thing, right? Yeah. yeah you know, which is a great, which is a great, uh, you know, a great fund, you know, great reason to raise funds. And it's a, you know, it, it was kind of surprising for me that they decided to do it for the JDRF, but they're following right in our footsteps of what we've done on the radio show. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking at, as we're sitting here recording this, I'm watching that pile of $20 tins of tobacco dwindle down. And Yeah, nah, part of me is like, you know, I still do have some cash left in my pocket. Do I really want to go over there and buy more tins? And I just might, you know, if, if they'll sell them to me. And it's uh, $20 for an ounce and a half of McClellan 5100. So You're, you're not going to find that anywhere else. And if you didn't come to this event, you missed a heck, a heck of a deal. Yeah. All right, now let's go into the factory. Yes. What did you see in the factory that surprised you? Well, uh, it was really interesting to see because I've seen documentaries of uh, pipe tobacco blending, mm-hmm. but they were all from the 1950s. And while it's pretty much the same equipment from what I'm told, yeah, you know, it's nice. Jeremy, the president here at Sutliff, took us on the tour, so that was a lucky break. And uh, was able to go into, you know, in brief, you know, some of the history, some of the history of the equipment, uh, the methods used, you know, th- they are blending tobacco today. So, you know, from a safe yeah. distance, we were able to watch certain things. We was able to find out that, no, the cheap cigars aren't made with uh, used-up supermarket brown bags. That <laughs> the, the tobacco that, you know, because they run it through a screen here. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that is too small, because nobody wants to... Uh, light up a pipe of basically tobacco dust because that would just scorch the bowl, I'm sure. And come shooting up the stem at you. Oh, yeah, no, that's not what I need. You know, that, that's a whole different kind of tongue burn. <laughs> uh, that actually gets sold at pretty much their cost so they don't have to have uh, a waste company take it away, and that gets blended into that. Now, you know, I don't smoke those cigars. I mean, I've smoked cigars in the past. I don't do so, you know, it's not so much anymore. But it's interesting to learn that that's what that is made of. You know, it's made out of, you know, uh, unusable Sutliff tobacco. Yeah, it's called homogenized tobacco leaf. That's what they make it into. Um, Did you get a chance to see up close any of the machinery running, the cutters? absolutely. And I got some, you know, nice video, which is, you know, I'll, you know, put it up on uh, probably on the Facebook group for Long Island Pipes and Tobacco Society. And, uh, you know, my personal thing. And 
you know, we came down here as a group, a bunch of friends, and it's just been a wonderful day. And they had a great little gathering the night before for us all. Uh, oh, yeah. Over that, at a brewery that was smoking friendly on the outside and a little bit on the inside. Absolutely. Uh, legend Brewery. Yeah. Uh, it was rather nice. You know, everybody walking by, turning, going, what in the <laughs> heck is going on there that there's, you know, 40, 50 people sitting around smoking pipes, having dinner. You know, I had that pulled pork that did. Did you what? Did you, did you have anything? I ate before I got there. Oh well, yeah. Because I don't like to drink on a on an empty stomach. So. Well, it's not that I like to drink on an empty stomach. I don't like drinking when I know I have to drive in an area that I don't know. <laughs> you know, and, and folks don't drink and drive. But uh, you know, so I'm a little leery of that. You know, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to myself or others. But. Uh, you know, it was nice going down there, uh, knowing just a couple of guys. But by the end of the night, you know, I've been seeing people all day that, hey, how's it going? You know, from last night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. And, you know, I'll definitely schedule, provi- you know, schedule willing to come back down here next year because, you know, it's not just the tour. It's not just the blending classes. It's not being able to go over to Cup of Joe's, you know, who is debuting uh, a new 23, you know, 23 blend, you know, which is a crumble cake, which is amazing. It's not stuff like that, you know, although that is all nice. It's coming down with my friends, uh, meeting people that I've, you know, not met before, Meeting you, which you know, unfortunately during my uh, summer vacation, my engine blew up and I couldn't yep. make it to meet you, you know, at uh, at McCraney's. But you know, meeting you, meeting you know, seeing vendors that I've seen at other shows, you know, re- making new friends, renewing acquaintances. You know, this is why we are in this hobby. We're in this hobby. Not just to, you know, sit in the backyard and watch the grass grow and have a pipe. (laughs) Although that's nice, too. You know, to sit at a table and, you know, discuss and share tobacco. uh, To say that you're full of malarkey for liking this. You know, and everybody likes what they own like. You know, what is it that you say about opinions? Yeah, I'm the leading expert on my own, and some of them stink. Absolutely. Um, You know. You may like, you know, blend A. I might like blend B. You know, we try each other's tobacco. You know, we compliment each other. We wait until we're alone and go, my God, that guy is full of it. (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes, yes. Yes. That's why I need to eat a salad. Um, But we'll we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Absolutely. I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe, there's... A number of them. Usually, it's whatever I'm currently smoking. But uh, my father uh, used to work as a tobacconist, so I have a lot of Tim West out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. This this gorgeous, gorgeous Tim West pipe. It's like an egg with a huge bend, and I can fit what feels like an ounce and a half of tobacco in this. <laughs> And, you know, I lit it up in New York, and I think I finished it somewhere in Maryland. <laughs> I love it. What is your current favorite tobacco? Well, uh, on my vacation, I uh, went to the Country Squire because I mm-hmm. really love the shepherd's pie. Um, yeah, I'm an English, you know, I like English, I like Scottish, uh, like some Americans, I'm not much of an aromatic guy, but you know I will try the occasional aromatic. But uh, definitely JD's, you know, uh, Shepherd's Pie. What is your favorite drink? Well, I don't drink as much as I used to because when I drink, drink, I get very red sometimes. You know, uh, so I drink a heck of a lot of coffee. Yep. Yeah, so probably coffee, black, touch of sugar. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, movie, probably. Uh, however, if I want to enjoy a pipe, it'll have to be a book because my wife really isn't too keen on me smoking in the house. Hey, you may need a new wife. 
Um, no, I'm kidding. Well, that's why I shipped her off. She's on vacation in France right now. There you go. And finally, do you have a besides meeting me? Do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Well, probably uh, just sitting with my father in the backyard, hashing out the problems of the world, having you know something to drink and a pipe. I mean, you know, what else can I ask for? Yeah. Andre, thanks for sitting down. Thanks for taking time out of your oh, show. Oh, it's been absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start off. Tell us your name and where are you from? I am Tim Corner, and I'm from Locust Grove, Virginia, which is near Fredericksburg, and I'm a member of the Fredericksburg Pipe Society. All right, so you got to tell, before we get started, let Fredericksburg, first of all, the Pipe Society, how many people are there? Oh, we only probably have six or seven regular members. And do you get together like on a monthly basis or? Yes, twice a month we get together on a Friday, get together on a Monday. This coming Monday we're going to share some of the things that we're experiencing here at the Richmond Show. Where do you meet? Uh, various places. We do have a tobacconist in Fredericksburg, an old style tobacconist. So we try to support our local shop and uh, various places. So uh, it's possible to also find some place maybe outside where you can sit and smoke. And yes, occasionally we hit a winery or a similar restaurant place. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. All right, so you took the tour today? Yes. Was that your first time in a pipe tobacco or in a, in a tobacco factory? It was. I've been to the pipe show a few times, but being hosted here at Sutliff was a real treat. Uh, and the tour of the uh, factory was really interesting. And the fact that it's a Saturday and they've actually got the factory up and running and the people that have been here for years are in there working while you're going by. What were, what were you kind of expecting before you got here? Well, I had seen some videos in YouTube and various things of, of similar kind of tours. So uh, it was very reminiscent of those. It was really interesting to see and smell and touch for myself. So when you were back there, did they give you a chance to 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 see the different tobaccos and how they handle them and, and get a chance to really get up close to them? Yeah, absolutely. We got our hands in them and everything, and uh, it's it's really interesting to see all of the processes that are involved in producing, you know, the great variety of tobaccos they have. So here's a funny part for me because I hear people talk about keeping their tobaccos sanitary and clean environments. You were just in that factory. Were you wearing gloves when you were touching that tobacco? I don't believe I had any gloves on. Were you wearing a hairnet when you were in the tobacco factory? No, I wasn't. So the tobacco's kind of manhandled, wouldn't you say? It does make you think, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) When you saw the different cutters and the different lines that the tobacco goes down, did you see them in, you know, sanitary hospital conditions? I wouldn't say hospital conditions, no. (laughs) But it was was lovely to see uh, uh, one of the comments that, um, that we made during the tour. He described all of the age of the equipment and the age of the factory itself and everything. And I said, often we go to a place and we wonder, you know, what did this place look like 80 years ago or 100 years ago? And it doesn't take much imagination because <laughs> they it looked the same virtually 100 years ago. He said uh, 100 years ago they would have had many, many more employees because they were producing much 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 more tobacco so he said your listeners definitely need to smoke more yeah that way they yeah. can sell more yeah please <laughs> whatever you're doing don't smoke less yes. um that the last cutter on the tour the one that's been cleaned and remod and freshened and sat up there did they show you where the original steam motor would have been and where the electric one was attached on no it he years didn't. later that's interesting because that was originally, was, I think, it was 1889 was when that was when that the base of that cutter was forged. So and that was steam operated, huh? Yeah, there wasn't a lot of electricity in yeah, California yeah. in the 1880s. So <laughs> I'm just thinking. Um, all right, we'll do we'll do the fast five final questions sure. for you. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe, I think, is the one I just picked up. I just bought an egg shape uh, handmade from Scott's Pipes, and Scott was fantastic. And I'm a Steeler fan, so he actually took a, a gold-colored 
stem and install it for me hand <laughs> by hand. So that is my new favorite pipe. What is your favorite tobacco? Uh, Newminster Superior Rounds. The Eric Stokeby stuff. Yeah. Yes. And what is your favorite drink? Favorite drink would have to be just your average uh, lager, a beer. And when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? I do prefer a movie, a good movie. And then finally, besides meeting me, do you have any other favorite pipe smoking related memories? Uh, no, I don't think so. You, you would be included in many of my memories because uh, I've just been smoking a pipe for a short time. And uh, your show and others have been a great uh, inspiration to me and really given me an education in a short amount of time. And it sounds like you got a fun little club going, so they, yeah. they've got to be right up there in all those favorite memories. Yes, in Fredericksburg, we definitely have a lot of memories together. Thanks for sitting down with me. Now go back and enjoy more of the show. All right, you too. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. Well, there you go. Um, part one of what I recorded at the uh, Richmond Pipe Show at the Sutliff Tobacco Factory. Did you catch a bit of a theme in there? Seems like all these guys are involved in a pipe club, and these guys from uh, you know, New York State was well represented, uh, including uh, Bill Feuerbach from K. Woody was there, and uh, Paul Bonacquisti came down from New York. So it was nice to see some of those... Uh, some of those New York guys that used to always come down to the Richmond show. And yeah, it's nice to see them again. All right. For music, uh, Ginger Baker passed away this past week. And of course the, uh, the incredible drummer for the band cream and many other things. And amongst that, a pipe smoker. So for his honor, uh, this is a, uh, <laughs> this is live. Uh, and it's the song Toad, which is a, about a 14-minute long drum piece. I'm just going to play a portion of it. But if you want to hear the rest of it, just find look for the band Cream, C-R-E-A-M. And the song is called Toad.
That is about uh, four minutes out of a uh, 17-minute long song that's primarily Ginger Baker at his best. Uh, thank you to Dino for pointing that out to me. And uh, Dino, I owe you a couple of emails. You, Daddy, has an email. All right. In the uh, email or mailbag or whatever you want to call this thing, uh, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the best way is brian at pipesmagazine.com. Or you can, fire, uh, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Travel-related stuff, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. And we've got two weeks' worth of stuff to get caught up on. So here we go. Going back two weeks ago with Michael Parks on, uh, Ira, the writing rabbi, says, Hi, Brian. Jeff Grasick and Michael Parks in the same episode. Home run. I, for one, would love to hear you and Jeff go at it about Phil's. <laughs> Someday, maybe I'll be able to get a hold of a Parks pipe. Maybe for my 75th birthday, some year away. Love the Bing Crosby. I think he could sing the phone book, and I would love it. Congratulations on seven years. I look forward to hearing from Michael again seven years from now, Ira. Yeah, wouldn't that be something if we went on for another seven years? <laughs> Um, and then Casey Ghost says, uh, didn't care for the show because of your guest. I don't think we need to admire someone who back out on deals with the drivel. That's my policy. Uh, then he goes on to write, greatly enjoyed hearing you on the Country Squire Wednesday. It was a good show with a lot of rollicking banner between yourself and Bo York. <laughs> so apparently something happened between uh, Michael and the Kansas City Club. Um, and yes, uh, Country Squire Radio, uh, I guess the second episode with me aired last week. So that's uh, four hours and two weeks of me. Um, hope you're not tired of it yet. Uh, Trout Times writes, is it possible to get an index of past shows and guest slash topics? It would really be helpful. It would also be nice to not have to scroll backwards. Um, so, yeah, the, the best way to do that is to uh, go on to uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts now. And if you go to the feed, you can see the guest. Um, I guess we do need to kind of work on some sort of a... Uh, some sort of an index that would be good i also should spend some time working on a list of music that we've played uh but yeah apple apple podcasts best way to find out where a guest is or you can go to pipesmagazine.com log in and then search for a guest that you're looking for and that radio show file will show up and then last week with uh scott klein uh, let's see here. Casey Ghost writes, good show. Scott is a personable young man. I have trouble with how young he looks after seven years of carving. <laughs> Most people would be giving their best gnome imitation by now. Caught you on Country Squire, and that was a great show. You even made Bo York entertaining. <laughs> I don't know if I made Bo York entertaining, or maybe I just uh, brought out the, uh, I don't know, the feistiness in him. Uh, and then Dino says, it was nice to catch up with my old Chicago Pipe Collectors club mate, Scott. Your conversation was, as usual, fun and informative. I salute his Burner Pipes project, which puts quality pipes in smokers' hands for an incredibly fair price. Bravo, Scott. Melody Gardot is an amazing talent. I've been a fan for years. Thanks for another great radio show, Dino. And uh, Dino, Jess was the one that pointed uh, Melody Gardot out to me, and you'll hear from Jess in a future, uh, in a future episode of uh, the Sutliff Core Show reports. Uh, again, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or go to pipesmagazine.com, post them right there on the radio show page, and you might hear yourself on the show right here. All right, rant time coming up next. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com.
I want to take this time to talk to you about two things, lightning in the bottle and showing appreciation. All right, lightning in a bottle is just catching that moment. And uh, with, with the end of the Illumination show at Epcot and with the current Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers event at Sutliff, well, those, you know, the, the old core shows at the old Holiday Inn on Midlothian, that was lightning in a bottle. And so was the Illumination show for many people. It was lightning in a bottle. It was a moment. And I want everybody, and you older guys will understand this, but you younger guys need to listen. You need to, when you're, when you're in these moments, you need to sit back, soak them up, and enjoy it. I heard from a lot of people at the Epcot stuff that they didn't like that it was ending and didn't think it should go away. Well, you know what? Everything ends. Everything goes away. Uh, I heard a couple of complaints from the Sutliff event that people said it was too far away from any other services or too far away from whatever. Well, you know what? It's not the old show. The old show can't happen anymore because smoking restrictions, for one. But at the same time, the old show can't happen anymore because it's old and it's over. And that happened. And you need to appreciate those moments. You also need to appreciate the moments that are coming up. So sit back. I want everybody that's younger than me and some of you old guys to be able to reflect and enjoy the moments that you're in. Don't be caught up on what happened in the past. Be aware of what, the, of what moment that you're in. And at the same time, at the end of the uh, thing at Epcot, everybody was staying and clapping for the technicians and the people that work on the show. And at the end of every one of these shows, I always thank my guests for joining me and I thank everybody for tuning in. Well, at the end of the core show, we should have all given a big thanks to Sutliff and to the Conclave for putting on the show because showing appreciation before it's too late is always very important. And that's one of the reasons, again, you know, I appreciate your time and I hope you enjoy the show. Show's not going to go on forever. I'm not saying it's ending now. Don't get panicky. But lightning in a bottle and showing appreciation. There you go. So with that said, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to those that sat down with me at their pipe show and took time away from their event to talk to me. Uh, thank you again to Sutliff and to the Conclave for putting on the event. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to the you use your tongue prettier than a $20 whore.